0: Thank you for listening to the Crossroads Sermons podcast. If you would like more information about our church, please visit www.crossroadstw.org. Good morning. How are y'all? You didn't all sleep in today, or you you did sleep in, but you made it in anyway with the rain and all. Glad you're here. It's that time of year. I don't know if you're like me, but uh, I don't know what day of the week it is there's football on weird days and i've had too much sugar so i've crashed from that and so i feel guilty about a lot of different things it's it's like december just because you throw everything out you're not eating right you're not exercising right and we are at the end of the year going into a new year end of a decade going into into a new one and so kim often says to me she thinks most people in life kind of suffer from not living a self-examined life they don't examine their life they just get up and do the same thing they've done every day hoping life will change in and out of the church you know and again if you don't believe me talk to david carroll who's always busy with counseling and all uh, and really counselors help you sort of examine your life but this time of year if there's ever a time when we kind of think maybe i will maybe i should it's probably in this time when we've had too much sugar and watched too much football and and don't know what day of the week it is and all that and that's not a bad thing in fact we talk about new year's resolutions now Christians love to say I don't think that's biblical I don't I don't think that uh, we are to try and, and, and to work and all of that saved by grace saved you know once saved always saved, faith alone in Christ alone all that's true but none of that excuses us or dismisses us from examining our lives that's what Bible study can do that's what quiet time can do preaching ABF small groups prayer I mean that's examining your life through scripture and all but we don't always do that. I want you to see this quote here. I love this quote. Um, People who do not take God seriously find it very difficult to see the seriousness of not taking God seriously. To refuse to take God seriously is the ultimate stupidity, but once you have committed it, the inevitable effect is to blind you to its idiocy. It does not seem at all stupid not to take God seriously if you don't. Our sinfulness gets in the way of seeing our sinfulness. Wow. That's a lot. You're going to have to chew on that for a while. But how true is that? We're our own problem, our sinful nature. Even as Christians, the fact that we are not perfect our nature is to always go the easy route, go back to selfishness. In fact, Paul said, I die daily. This is a decision I have to get up and make every day to die to self because self likes to raise itself up, right? One of the difficult things about being a living sacrifice is living things can crawl off the altar. And so you have to put yourself back on there every day. It's not that you lose your salvation and all, it's just that it's it's, an, it's a perseverance it's an ongoing thing and so you come to christ in a moment but what we call sanctification the idea of becoming more like him becoming towards perfection you never will be perfect we use the word holiness but i think sometimes we make the mistake of mixing up perfection and holiness we say well only god is perfect i can't be perfect therefore i'll never be holy well holy is set aside designated different from all the others god is holy he's not like anything or anyone else the holy bible it's it's, it's a living breathing book the idea of holiness is set aside different from everything else for a specific person purpose and in this case is to bring honor and glory to god now jesus was perfect which is what qualified him to die on the cross to defeat sin so that you could be seen as righteous and therefore have an opportunity to go to heaven but that did not make you perfect and yet he commands us to be holy not perfect but holy so I have to get to the end of the year and look back and say how did I do last year and you're not gonna answer for me I'm gonna answer for me you're gonna answer for you how did you do last year how did you do in pursuing and seeking holiness I don't know if you made a lot of mistakes last year I don't know if things went really well and if you were successful My definition to my children growing up was, I want you to be a success when you grow up, and success is being a godly man or a godly woman. I don't care if you become a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, if you are a garbage collector, if you dig ditches, if you will be a man or a woman who focuses on seeking God's will in every area of their life, regardless of what you do in life, you will be a success, because that's my definition. I think that's the biblical definition of success. And yet you live in a culture in the United States that is so different than that. We we totally define success about what you can consume, what you can own, what you can produce, what you can be. Uh, From the time you're born, um, you are weighed, measured, tested. Roger, when he came here to do uh, his, um, I think it was his nephew or great nephew's funeral, he pointed that out, he said, from the moment you're born, people before you even know it are asking how long was he or she? How much did they weigh? How did they do in their test? Test? Oh, yeah, the Apgar test. They get an eight? They get a nine? So you are measured, weighed, and compared. And in America, more so, and we all of a sudden we decide that we're going to define our success by how we compare ourselves to others. And the Bible says we're to compare ourselves to God, to Christ. We said well, then that's a problem. I can't measure up because He's perfect. I'm not, and I never can be. But you can be holy. How do I know that? Because scripture commands it another thing i like uh, to, to think about is this the best way to find god's unknown will is by doing his known will now again let's go back to last year did you feel like you succeeded or failed in a lot of things last year was it a good year or a bad year did your life spiral out And what were you pursuing? What were you seeking? What were you trying to do? A lot of times, what we want to do is say, I've got a big decision to make. In fact, we could raise hands. How many of you have a big decision to make this year about a job, about what college you're going to go to? Are you going to get engaged you know are you gonna date so-and-so or quit dating i mean big issues in life do i buy that house do i start that business yes or no probably a lot of you are facing those things and you want to know god's will for your life you say i want to know what god wants me to do well first of all that's probably not true you're probably hoping that You will get confirmed by God that what you already want your will to be is his and it's going to happen kind of like Santa Claus or something like that Because if he told you well what you think my will for you is and what you're pursuing is totally different Then you might not be as excited about it But let's just say that you really say I will follow God's will on the big issues of life Anytime he shows me this is who you should marry this is the job you should take this is the university you should go to I will do it if he'll just show me i will do it and we'll talk a little bit that he does show you and how does he do that but here's my question is there anything you know to be doing different is there any sin in your life habit hang up activity relationship you know is outside of god's will you've read scripture you know enough bible and again i'm i'm not going to tell you anything today you don't already know so that's a disappointment right there like you mean you're just going to tell me what i already know yes But if you're like me, I already know more than I live. So the problem isn't that I just need more Bible knowledge. No, I I need to apply the Bible knowledge I have more so, better. So so here's the issue. Is there anything you know from scripture that in your life is outside of God's will? And you say, yeah, 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 but they're little things. I, I need to forgive someone or ask their forgiveness, or it's an attitude or it's a habit, but I've gotten used to it, nobody knows. It's not really making a difference or anything. But God declares, but it's sin, it's wrong whether it's an action, an attitude, a habit, a motivation. Sometimes we think we're holy because, well, I'm not as bad as the person on the news tonight. Kim and I were talking this week, I've never heard so many shootings. Two and three every night, someone gets mad, they whip out a gun, they shoot somebody and all. Ooh, well, compared to them, I'm holy. You're, You're not being compared to them. But why would God entrust you with his big unknown will that you really want an answer to in life When you're not faithful to his known will and those things that you've said eh, i don't want to do his will there and they're small and it doesn't matter why would he think i can entrust you with big visionary things for your life that i have for you when i can't trust you to do the things in my word that are clearly defined as my will well what do we do the best way to find god's unknown will is by doing his known will if you have your bibles turn to romans 6 romans 6. I'm not going to go through the whole chapter we're going to look at the first um, 14 verses and again we'll go through those quickly but we'll try to cover those i love that we had a baptism today it really isn't our normal schedule but the david family could be here and again i just i love fernando and how he's poured into his family as a sibling and and taken on the roles of parents and the decisions that family has made and uh, but in that in, in that baptism we always say something buried in Christ's death, in baptism, raised to walk in a new way, a newness of a new life. It comes from this passage. So while you're looking for Romans 6, I want to read you another verse. You don't have to turn to these, they'll be on the screen. 1 Peter 1, to 16, therefore, and it's because of everything that came up before this, therefore, prepare your minds for action. You're supposed to do something about holiness. So many of us are like, well, you know, there's nothing I can do to save myself. It's it's nothing, n- nothing. No works to me. It's Him alone, faith alone, and Christ alone. And I'm just gonna. I'm waiting on Him to make me holy. Like you're, like you're just gonna wake up one day in church if you're in church that day when it happens. You know, you're just gonna wake up holy. Uh, he says, therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. That's where your ability to pursue holiness comes from, not within yourself. But from within, look at the name of it, the Holy Spirit. It's not the buddy spirit, the loving spirit, the friendly spirit, I, I wanna come alongside you and be your friend's spirit, although he is the encourager, you know, he is the comforter, but it's the Holy Spirit, the Holy Bible, there's a theme there of God's always wanting what's best for us and it's found in the pursuit of holiness, not on our own strength, but in that which we can only get through the cross. So as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. You didn't know any better then. You didn't have any power over sin then. Of course you gave into it. What's going on now? And then verse 15 and 16. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I'm holy. This is Peter in the New Testament quoting Leviticus of the Old Testament and saying the same thing is still true. God is perfect, which is ultimate holiness, but he expects us and wants us to pursue through the death, burial, and resurrection, right? It wasn't wasted. You, you weren't saved just to be forgiven so you could keep on sinning. Paul's gonna talk about that. And then another verse. You may not like this one. Hebrews 12:14. Make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Now, it's not saying without perfection you won't go to heaven. It's not saying that because we've already said there's only one perfect, and that's Jesus Christ himself. But what does it mean to see the Lord? You won't experience Christ to his fullest. You won't enjoy church. You'll come out of habit. You'll say, why? As soon as I go to college, I'm not going to church again. I'm telling you what, that was just the most useless thing in my life. It says, if you do not pursue a life of holiness then you will not experience the Lord, even at church. So just reading the Bible isn't gonna make this happen, just going to church isn't gonna make this happen, but I guarantee not doing those things won't help you either. If you're like, well, I have no time for the church and Bible study and all that, I'm busy and all that, I know, because you're chasing what America puts out, which is consumerism and entertainment and recreation, it's all about you, and how much of what's poured your way in terms of media social media commercials or anything is sexual it's appetite it's it hits the three areas of temptation that even adam and eve had in the garden right natural appetites that go astray greed pride so you go to genesis 3 6 and you have adam and eve there eve is engaging satan in genesis 3:6. it is interesting where was adam what was he doing if you read the verse he was standing there with her doing nothing He wasn't a bad guy, he just was present but not engaged. And so again, I'll do a little footnote here. I would encourage the men of this church, if you wanna lead your families, you need to grow spiritually yourself. And you have those opportunities through ABF, but our Bible studies, next two weeks, you're gonna have opportunities to hear about the men's Bible studies in small groups. ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship as couples. If men step up and they're not just present, well, I go to church every week, but are you engaged? Are you? spiritually growing yourself are you seeking holiness yourself so therefore you have something to share with your family as you lead them make every effort to live in peace with all men to be holy it's an effort so can we get so comfortable in God's grace and forgiveness and the fact that we're not saved by works that we no longer pursue holiness the answer is yes and I know that because Paul addresses it so again if you'll open your Bibles now and look with me at Romans 6 beginning with verse one we'll go through this what shall we say then are we to continue in sin that grace may abound we've got a good thing going here that he died on the cross so we could be forgiven of our sins those we've done and those we will do so give it your best shot but if you don't make it don't worry about it you're already forgiven in fact you know it's a pretty good deal just keep sinning; he keeps forgiving and paul says no way well, why did he say that because people got to that attitude and and we do don't we we get comfortable and once saved always saved god's grace god's forgiveness i can do nothing in my own to to you know it's, it's all what he does in me and you've heard this statement quit trying and start trusting i think scripture says keep trying and keep trusting you, you can't just say well i have nothing to do with my own spiritual growth it, it all comes from outside me Well, if if you're not in the word, if you're not in church, if you don't have koinonia, real fellowship with other Christians, it's more than just fun, but that's really brothers and sisters in Christ that we talk about every time we baptize somebody. If if that's not your experience, you, you don't have those things in your life that God will use to bring holiness about and growth in you. So what should we say then? Are we to just continue in sin so that grace can abound? Doesn't he like to forgive? Isn't that why he died? Paul says, by no means how can we who died to sin still live in it? You claim when you came forward, you came when you were baptized, that you'd made a decision in your heart to die to self, live for him, and all we ever see in the New Testament that Christ says to people, he doesn't say say a prayer or do this or do that, he says follow me, follow me. And again, it's not follow me and be good enough to go to heaven, it's follow me and grow in that knowledge that makes you more like me and you avoid a lot of life's problems when you live a holy life. Doesn't make it an easy life, but a different life. By no means, how can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? That when you go under that water, you are saying, I'm dying to my old self. I'm crucifying who I am with Christ on the cross so that I can share in the resurrection, not just one day, but of a new nature now. Not a perfect nature, but a change when now I'm sensitive to sin now it matters but I'm empowered not in my own but through the Holy Spirit in me to pursue those things and then verse four we were buried therefore with him by baptism unto death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father we too might walk in newness of life how different was your life last year than the year before How much better were your attitudes towards your family towards your wife how much better was your pursuit of bible study and not just for knowledge but for application and change meditation on scripture application of scripture james says you're as foolish as a man or a woman who gets up in the morning and their hair is a mess and they need to shave and they look in the mirror and they go ooh, that's horrible and they go off to work and they feel good that they looked in the mirror said but you're still a hot mess Just looking into scripture and saying oh I feel good that I'm bad that I really needed that I really needed to feel guilty today now I feel better that I feel bad did you change did you go out and apply anything no but it sure feels good to feel bad and you see that all the time you know great sermon you know great lesson thanks for bringing that did it make a difference in your life no but I feel better that you made me feel bad you're like that person staring in the mirror Content to just walk away and thinking because i looked at scripture i'm better for it and he says what are you doing with that raised from the dead by the glory of the father we too might walk in newness of life for if we have been united with him in a death like this we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like this we all look forward to that day that that advent the second coming that time when we will be in the presence of god Because again you know I was saved in a moment from the punishment of sin I'm going through life seeking to sort of escape the power of sin but when I die and I go to heaven I'll be away from the very presence of sin but until then it's here and you need those disciplines of faith that will help you go through those things to be more like him he says it's doable in fact it's part of the Great Commission to go to share to tell and then to teach them to obey those things i've commanded and he says lo i'm with you You don't do this alone i do it in and through you but not for you to the end of the age are you tapping those resources that are yours you have a chance in the new year for if we've been united with him in a death like this we'll certainly be united with him in a resurrection we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin you didn't know any better before you received Christ but the Holy Spirit's conviction pointed out this is not the life I want there's got to be more than this and through that conviction not condemnation conviction you brought about you received Christ and it's through that same Holy Spirit that you were set free to no longer be a slave to sin doesn't mean that you're still not tempted but you're no longer a slave well You can go back to the civil war and and after the slaves were freed they didn't know what it meant to be freed you said you're a freed man well I've never been one I'm a multi-generation slave how do I do that it's a learned behavior you don't just say well go out now you're free just go and and, and the struggles that uh, really the the African American culture had for many 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 years a lot of it went back to the fact that they had been enslaved for so many years but do you how do you learn to be free it's a process It's, it's something you have to pursue that's what he points out here he says you were a slave to sin but now you're not you're free well what do i do as a freed person for one who has died has been set free from sin now if we have died with christ we believe that we shall also live with him we like that part we know that christ being raised from the dead will never die again he didn't have to die the first time physically because he was perfect but he did so so that we could be seen in his righteousness and he will not physically die again and you will get eternal life through a relationship with Jesus Christ after you die physically but you're a new person even prior to that death no longer has dominion over him so the one who defeated sin defeated death therefore the stuff you struggle with it's defeated too but you've got to participate in choices you can't just say well i i I'm praying I I feel bad about my sins and quit doing them. Problem is, you don't grow by your feelings because you feel like doing what's easy, you feel like doing what's comfortable, you feel like doing what's popular, you feel like doing what everybody else is doing, what's current, what's hip, just fill in the blank. So you can't grow in Christ on your feelings. You have to do more. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives To god so you also verse 11 so you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to god in christ jesus you yourself have no power over sin but christ in you does and have you grabbed hold of the fact that literally he lives in and through you in the person of the holy spirit therefore you're not doing life alone are you telling yourself you know i I know there's nothing i can do about it so i just have to live with it and everyone else and that's what paul complained about no we don't keep sinning because there's nothing we can do about it there's nothing we can do about it except trust in christ old hymn trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in jesus than to trust and obey we don't like trusting because we might have to obey and we don't obey because we're not sure we can trust because again satan loves to say can you really take God at his word you know when he said Eve don't go to that fruit it's probably the best fruit he probably is keeping the good stuff for himself probably the very thing that would make you most happy is the thing he's telling you to stay away from why don't you go check it out and and we know what happened but he does the same thing to you I know that's in the Bible. I know all those Christian religious people think about that, but you're smarter than that. You're better than that. You know where it really is. You know what fun really is. You know what popularity really looks like. You know what you have to do to be successful in America today. And we go and we pursue cultural success. Let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness. present yourselves to god as those who've been brought from death to life and your members to god as instruments for righteousness well what are some of the tools what are some of the things you can do on your own to access the power of the holy spirit in your life well church attendance is one you say i don't get anything out of it well you start pursuing holiness you'll start to get a lot out of it abf small groups bible study prayer service ministry Tithing's a great thing because it starts to chip away at your greed thinking everything's yours and you need more and it's never enough. And so all those disciplines of the faith aren't to earn salvation, but they're to develop in selfless life, pursuing Christ, pursuing holiness. And it's within our grasp because of the Holy Spirit and what Christ did in the cross for us. We just sell ourselves short that what he did in the cross means I go to heaven, but I'm on my own till then. Paul says that's not So, for sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law, but you are under grace. And again, grace is not permission to sin. It is the forgiveness of sins and the power to resist sin, to face temptation. Are you going to live a perfect life? No. But are you pursuing holiness? And the answer may be no, not really. I've sort of given up. I I used to, I I tried as best I could and that's an issue because as best you can and as best I can is not gonna be enough. But with the power of the Holy Spirit built through, again, prayer, meditation, Bible study, Christian friends, wise counsel, God's word, all those sorts of things, you can move forward. So here's what I I wanna sort of uh, close with and I'm gonna ask Ryan and, and, and the band to come back up here because I, I want them to close this out with a song, not for you to leave, not for you to grab your purses, not to, because I'm, I'm getting you out early today, you know, so there's no reason for you to rush out the door. But the band's gonna sing, and I want you to listen to what they sing, and then I'll come back, I'm gonna close this with, with a prayer. But I want you to look at this quote, choose the hard right over the easy wrong. God takes full responsibility for the fully devoted follower. You know, a lot of us are afraid to be fully devoted followers of Christ. We say that at church, but we're afraid to, because it goes back to the trust and obey. But I don't know what he would ask me to do. Well, I think you know some of the things he's asked you to do, because again, you want his will in the big things, but you're not following his will in those small things. And by the way, they're not small. Sin is sin. And once you think I'm doing pretty well, I'm very proud of how I'm achieving, that's a sin. So you have to work on pride. You have to work on greed. You have to work on judgment. You have to work on attitude. It's not just, are you finding people in the world that do worse things than you? Of course. And you can find people who do better things. But are you moving forward in pursuing holiness in your life? Because I've thought about this lately. We're looking for a new pastor, and, and we want God's man. We want a pastor who knows God personally and is close to him. I wonder what he's wanting from us. I wonder if there's a pastor praying. I want a church where they take holiness seriously, where church is more than just something you do on Sunday or when it's convenient or when you don't have more to do or something else to do or something more fun to do. I wonder if we're becoming the kind of church that the kind of pastor we want as a pastor wants to pastor. Does that make sense? I used to tell my son that in terms of, are you becoming the kind of man that the kind of woman you want to marry wants to marry? Are you becoming the kind of Christian that the kind of pastor you want to pastor you wants to pastor? Choose the hard right over the easy wrong. God takes full responsibility for the fully devoted follower. He's willing to take responsibility for leading your life if you're willing to accept his direction, his forgiveness, and the pursuit of holiness. You'll never be perfect. That's not the goal. You can't earn salvation. We're not talking about paying God back for what he did or being good enough to go to heaven. We're saying now that instead of trying to be good enough to go to heaven, because I don't have to, I'm motivated to pursue holiness. Not to prove anything, but to be closer to him, to experience him more fully, to let him direct my life in the ways that I know haven't worked in the past, that I've messed up. The poor choices you made last year outside of holiness, it's a new year, it's a new day, it's a new beginning. And as baptism says, we die to the old nature, we have the opportunity to have a new. Listen to this song.